And welcome into Gator Bites on the 1010XL.com podcast network. Also being simulcast on the Florida Gator 1010XL Facebook page. Today's Gator podcast is brought to you by Southeast Orthopedic Specialist. They're Northeast Florida's leading orthopedic center, providing an unparalleled level of care across numerous locations in both Jacksonville and St. Augustine. That includes Riverside, Northside, the Southside, the Beaches, Fleming Island, and St. John's. He is Denny Thompson. I'm the hacker Ryan Green, the Florida Gator are four and four the Gators lost out on a gigantic recruit since we last talked and they have to find a way to win two more games to become bowl eligible Denny did I sum up everything since we last uh last spoke yeah I think so I think I think you <laughs> did much covers yeah. it. we'll talk to you next yeah, week on Gator seeing y'all. <laughs> yeah. all right let's kind of take it one at a time um McLean. Sorry, I'm trying to find our link to share. I'm not being rude. No, you're good. You're good. So Gator fans that follow recruiting, you'll know the five-star corner, Hermione McLean from Lakeland, was thought to be a Gator lean the entire time. The recruiting websites had 90 to 95% certainty he was coming to Gainesville. If it wasn't Florida, it was Alabama. I didn't see hardly any Miami. And, of course, he ultimately commits to Miami a week ago today. We live in a world of NIL. It's an NIL world, Denny, and we are all just living in it. Yeah, I, I mean, I like the world we're in. I know a lot of people don't. Um, but for those of you who know, I train quarterbacks for a living. And so I kind of saw the world before and I see the world now. And it's a more comfortable world. The numbers that are being reported for these guys are way overinflated. Um, so don't stress about that. No, but no, they're not retiring off their college career. And by the way, it's it legal now. People say, well, what? Did you get the well, bag? Well, 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 that's where I was going. Okay. The way it's being used right now, and I'm not accusing Miami of this because they could have been above board and had somebody. I don't know how they can do it, but right. technically, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm sure they were above board on this one. Technically, NIL is not supposed to be part of the recruiting process, meaning you're not you shouldn't really even be having those conversations at the school level um, with recruits. And so I, I've seen people talk about, hey, you know, Florida needs to get more aggressive. Well, it's not just Florida. You know, you look at Georgia. Have you ever heard NIL numbers out of Georgia? No. Have you ever heard NIL numbers out of Alabama? No. It, it's it's like. And by the way, Florida's plenty aggressive with it, some of the guys they've gotten. Right. It, it They're being fair. And all those schools that I just mentioned are, are being fair. But they're doing their best to stay within the spirit of the rule. And again, I'm not accusing Miami of anything. This is more directed at at an education piece of this, of the way this should go. Is um, I mean, I, I, I'll just say, I mean, we've got what 16 quarterbacks committed to Division One schools this year. None of our 16 guys are millionaires. None of our 16 guys know. Okay, this is how much I'm getting yet. When they get on campus, they'll find that out, and that's what they've been told. Mm-hmm. And at some point, you just got to trust that. And I think as time goes with this and schools know and recruits know the process and 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 schools all get together on this because they will, um, this will be a little smoother and won't be as big of an issue as what it is now. But it certainly looks like, I don't know this, but it certainly looks like somebody from Miami convinced McLean, however they did, within that last week. Yeah. Right. And that, you know, I think that makes it fun. I, I really do, because I think all of a sudden now you look at recruiting and recruiting bores me. I don't like recruiting. But now all of a sudden it's like, whoa, wait a second. 
Yeah, uh, Jackson State last year with and now yeah, this, Travis and, Hunter. And now this, I think it, it makes it fun unless you were Florida fan right. last Thursday and, and night, I, and it was not fun. And I get that, and I respect that. I do, but. I would think that there's probably Florida's going to get their fair share of guys with this, and they're still right up in the running for the number two corner. Mm-hmm. They've signed some other corners. I don't think it's the end of the world, but it would have been nice to get the number one guy for sure. I, I just think he would have been the highest-rated player. Now, again, regardless of what you think of recruiting websites, right? that's what we're going on right now. Some You might not like him and you might not care, but for website purposes, recruit Knicks out there. Martez Ivy was the highest ranked guy that Gators have gotten Beast. in the last decade. Beast in high school. Yeah. And McQuain would have topped that. Yeah. One thing McElwain couldn't do, one thing Mullen could not do, and one thing they hired Billy Napier to do is get the five star top 20 national talent. And losing on a guy like McClain hurts. Not only did you lose into an in state rival, but you thought you had him. And it's like, well, okay, it, it, you know, how is this different than what we had from McElwain and Mullen? I know it is different. Oh, yeah. But you are, it. but you got to remember, you, me to an extent, but you certainly, much more than I am, you're inside the curtain, right? Yeah. You're inside the, the inner workings. People watching and listening to this maybe are not. So how is what Billy Napier doing on the recruiting trail better than what Mullen and McElwain is doing? Well, I think the first thing, the most important thing is he likes it. Like he likes the recruiting side. He's got <laughs> he's got an abundant staff. Can we want to just say that? Like, I mean, everybody knows their role. Um, no stone goes unturned. All the all the cliche sayings. But at the end of the day, he likes recruiting, and they're good at it. And when you look at what Florida came off of last year, <clears throat> excuse me, and then frankly, their performance this year up to this point, recruiting hasn't really suffered. And this is. Probably, not probably, it's going to end up as the best recruiting class that Florida's had maybe since, I don't know, the Urban Meyer years, mm-hmm. you know, when it's all said and done. And so I think there's a big difference. And I think I think people can see that in, in the way this is going. And, and they're a relationship um, type of recruiter, which, you know, you don't have to be, but there's people who are very successful with it, and they seem to be. Their facilities are in action. Like they've got a plan. They, you know, they've now that first year is tough because you're learning how to host official visits at, at your new place with a new facility, all that kind of stuff. But they seem to be acing all that. I, I haven't talked to anybody that liked Florida before that doesn't like them more now. Right. So I, I think, or I've talked to a lot of people who never mentioned Florida who mentioned Florida now. So I, I think there's definitely a difference and a difference in energy down there. And look, year one, it is what it is. Miami is in year one, too. Same struggles. Both teams are four and four right now. Both teams trying to find their footing. So let's get to the game last week, the Georgia game. Look, it's 28-3 before you blink. It was my birthday last Saturday. Once it became 28-3, I got knee-deep into the blender. Mm, okay. All right. So okay. and I, I enjoyed myself with yep. some friends over. Uh, was somewhat coherent still when Xavier Henderson went up the sideline to make it mm-hmm. 28-20, I thought, oh, okay. And then Georgia woke back up and scored two touchdowns to make it 42-20. But your assessment on what was a 22-point loss but probably wasn't really even that close? Uh, that's interesting, the way you said that. Because I actually would have gone the other way with it. Because I, here's here's what I really believe about this game is that 28-3 – in the past couple of years, that game would have turned into 56-10. Mm-hmm. That's fair. You know what I mean? And and I know, gosh, I, I, I say this knowing that I'm going to get blowback for this. 
There's no moral victories if you're Florida, yada, yada, yada. But there is. There is at this point. And, and, and the reality of it is when you're down 28-3 and all of a sudden you find yourself in a one-possession game, for the second time this year they did the same thing against Tennessee, the guys are playing for their coach. The guys are playing hard for each other. Um, they're growing. I, I, my responsibility is Anthony. And I look at Anthony and I go, okay, against Kentucky, he tanked. Against Tennessee and now against LSU and now against Georgia, he led them back. Right. In some capacity. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's growth, but you got to look for it. But that's not what fans want. And I get that. They, they want wins. Right. They want thrillers. They want to they want a games like there's having in Athens this week. And, and I completely get that. Um, but but my answer to that question is, is I, I don't see quit in them. Now, I don't know what's going to happen now because there's been a lot happened since that game. Um, but, you know, I, I think you got to tip your cap a little bit to the way they came out in the second half. And and you got to be a little bit encouraged, but at the same time, you also got to realize there's a ways to go. Yeah, there's certainly a way to go. You can do both, right? Right. Like you, you can have both emotions, right? I, I agree with that. And and you're right. I don't think Gator fans want to hear about moral victories, but yes, it would have been very easy to say, the heck with this, you know, 28-3 could turn in, like you said, 56 Well, by the way, 28-3 and half, the Florida section was gone. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, fans did that, and I get that. Y'all paid for a ticket. You have every right to do it. I will never be that guy. But I, that's the things, if I'm Billy Napier, like, that's the things that I'm, I'm taking from that game and going, okay, I got some dogs in here. They'll fight, and now we just got to get everything together. Yeah, and, and it goes to show you. Year seven for Kirby at Georgia. Year that's one right. for Billy Napier at Florida. That's that's, right. that's the difference. That's a great point. Yeah. Right now, uh, I want to get into, like you said, about the the past and the future as far as the quit or the resolve, however you want to look at it. Before we get there, let me tell you about Southeast Orthopedic Specialist for the highest quality care. You can rely on Southeast Orthopedic Specialist for any orthopedic injury or concern. You can log on to their website by going to se-ortho.com, and you can listen for Southeast Orthopedic Specialist. The good doctor, Kevin Murphy, on Thursday mornings in the 7 o'clock hour with Jeff and Dan right here on 1010XL for his weekly analysis of injuries in sports. And years past, after Georgia, when they're around 500 and the season's over, just trying to make a bowl game, they quit on McElwain, and he ultimately quit on them, right? They quit on Mullen, and he was fired. They play Texas A&M, a bad Texas A&M team, by the way. Somebody's got to win on Saturday. Where do you get the sense, Denny, that this Florida team is at 4-4, four and four, still four games to go, got to win two to get to a bowl game? Do you get the sense they will continue battling for Billy Napier? Yeah, I do. And, and uh, let's go back to Mullen for a second, because I don't really remember the McElwain years like I remember Mullen. They only quit when they knew Mullen was out, Yeah. right? Like, I what's saying? You you made. I think you made the argument yeah. out of a words in your mouth. Some may have quit before the Georgia game. Yeah, yeah. Last year, absolutely. Yeah. And so I, I don't think you know. I don't. I don't think if you look at the years previous to that, that there was there was quit even when they lost to Georgia. Probably if you look at McElwain, same thing because the Georgia week was the infamous death threat week, right? right? So I I think there your point is solid, but I think there's also some some circumstances that assisted that along in those two scenarios. I don't think we see any quit. I, I mean, I think at the end of the day, what we're seeing is a talent gap um, against the better teams, mm-hmm. you know, against, we didn't know, ten, we knew Tennessee was going to be good. We didn't know they are going to be this good, right? And there's a talent gap there. There was a talent, a little bit of a talent gap against LSU. Um, 15 made up for it a little bit in the second half, but overall talent gap. 
there's going to be a there's a huge talent gap at Georgia. There's going to be a talent gap against Texas A and M. But the question is, it looks like Texas A&M is a little more dysfunctional than what Florida is. It looks like Florida's trying to become functional. Texas A&M's almost going their NFL version of tank. I mean, you could argue A&M is the biggest disappointment in the country. I, I don't even think it's an argument. I mean, who would be second? Miami? Yeah, may, maybe. Maybe. But again, Miami, first-year coach? Like, yeah. Yeah, I, I think they are, which is also kind of scary going in there, right? I mean, you're going into a, a school that is in the same situation you're in, if they got to win some games. Well, the problem is they might have found their quarterback last week because he looked pretty good against Ole Miss, and, and uh, Ole Miss survived. I mean, A&M, yeah, yeah, yeah. A&M could have very easily beat Ole Miss last week. Yeah, uh, uh, Connor's a good player, man. He's um, he, he's going to be their long-term, their long-term guy. I, I think Florida wins the game. Do you? I do. I think Florida wins the game. Wow. Um, I actually think it's going to be a pretty entertaining game. I... I Gosh, I hate even saying this out loud. I like what I've seen the last couple weeks out of Florida's offense. Like, Anthony has missed a couple of easy throws that changes games. Mm-hmm. Right? But they're they're starting to scheme up some separation at times. There's still 80% of the throws where there's none. But you can see they're starting to find kind of a rhythm in their scheme. Now, I I don't know how that plays the rest of the year, but moving forward, I like it. Right, moving next year and the year after, I like it because you can sit in front of recruits and transfers and go, "Hey, here's what we see you doing," and and things like that. I just I think Florida right now is is looking for that big victory, and I think those guys are fighting for that big victory. They just have had a hell of a schedule, man. And I'm not an apologist. It's true. They have played number one. They have played number two. They have played number what seven at the time. They have played number twenty. They have played what was L- what's LSU now. 10? 10 in the college they played football number playoff, 10. yeah. I mean, y'all just, just think about that for a second. Over half their games have been against top 15 opponents. Yeah, you and I, and this is good, because you and I completely disagree on this game on Saturday. I don't think they have a chance of winning this game. And I'll tell you why. Um, at, at a certain point, fatigue or whatever, I think they put a lot into that Georgia game during the bye week. They lose. You got the Brenton Cox thing that happens. You lose Keon Zipper in that game. Justin Shorter is questionable. They don't have a lot of talent anyway. If you're without Zipper, which you will be, and if you're without Shorter, well, now you got Ricky Pearsall, Xavier Henderson, and what? Some young guys that haven't gotten a chance yet. Right. That we don't know what they're going to do. Like a Jaquavion Frazier. That kind of excites me. A Marcus Burke right, right. from here in right. Jacksonville. Yeah, he got some time last week. And there's 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 merit to that. But I just look, this game's on the road in College Station. I do wonder the Brenton Cox thing, because there were a couple of players, including Trey Dean, that went on social media, that were talking about having Brenton Cox's back, you know, and I wonder how that's going to play if they start facing adversity on Saturday. I don't think it plays unless there's an issue we don't know about. I mean, I haven't. I mean, there's all kinds of rumors about Brenton Cox. They're, I mean, like, for example, let, let, let's just say this. Like, if if you did something and screwed up here and they fired you, mm-hmm. like, okay, cool. I would still come to work and work and everything would go. Like, I'd still talk to you. Like, I'd still, like, everybody makes mistakes, right? right? Like, it's not, you can be, you can be empathetic and you can you can be a good friend and at the same time you can do what your job is to do or what you're there to do so i i don't think those two things are mutually exclusive at all but i i get what you're saying and i i don't think like 
When well, I never mind the fact he was their best pass rusher, too. So that not having now, him on the yeah, field is yeah, going yeah, to be yeah. a problem, too. Yeah, I, I don't really, uh, I don't really know what's going to happen. And that's kind of the fun part of the last five games or four games of the season. Yeah, is outside of Andy, they better put up a number. But outside of that. You're watching every game, and Florida could win or could lose. Yeah, there's no question. I've had people on this week on Hacker After Dark that told me they're going to go 4-0. Yeah. I've had people that say they could go 0-4. The Vandy thing's weird, and we'll get to that in Vandy week. It's going to be in Nashville. It's probably going to be cold. It'll be 20,000 people in the stands. Mm-hmm. You know, And Vandy's – Florida always plays weird up in yeah. Nashville. It's just odd. But, no, I mean, South Carolina, I don't know what that was against Missouri last week. They looked awful. Florida State. I would probably say of the four right now, that's the hardest. I am the hard, uh, the least bit convinced they're going to go into Doe Campbell on a Friday night because Florida State's going to smell blood in the water there. I like the fact that it's a noon kick against A and M, eleven o'clock Central, and I also like the fact that A and M is just not very good right now. So something's got to give. But what concerns me about this game is what you said earlier. A and M has to win. Yeah, they're at home. They could look at this as kind of a. Let's get the last four to get bowl eligible type thing. This is a classic. If it was in Gainesville, I'd take Florida, but it's in College Station, so I'm going to take a No, it makes, makes complete sense. I think if you're Florida, what you're selling right now is you have four winnable games. I agree with you on Florida State. That's a tough one, especially because it's Friday night in Doak. But you have four winnable games. You get to a bowl game. Let's find a way to win that. You, you get out of the season with nine wins if you do that. If they win nine games, I, 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 Billy Napier is going to be coach of the year. I, well, no, that's not true. He at should all. be. That I mean, I, what my point is, your season's not dead. And saying that is not insane because we just said they could win. Now they could also only win one more. Right. Right. That's kind of the excitement behind this. I think it's weird. The three of the last four on the road. That is bizarre. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I just, I, I, I think that if you're Florida, you have something to hang on to. Which in years, the years you referenced earlier, you didn't. Everything was behind you, but, but this was never an SEC championship or bust team. Right. No, 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 no. But, which it was last year. Yeah. This is, I mean, preseason seven and five. Right. Maybe if you're lucky, eight and four, which they could still do. Yeah. I mean, they could very easily be seven and five. I'm getting this question a lot. I'm willing to bet you're getting it tenfold. Okay. And I'm not asking you to break any news here on Gator Bites, but. Because of the struggles of the team, uh-huh. and because Anthony, who you train, Anthony Richardson, you've trained him for years, is not having the season that probably he wanted, that right. you wanted, that anybody wanted, is it more feasible that he comes back next year than it was two months ago? Yeah, yeah, than two months ago, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I, I don't. I don't think that we will really know anything. We've we've kind of squashed any conversations, and without we, I don't. This is with his team, right? This isn't. He's focused on something else. But I mean, we need to hear what's going to happen at the end of the year, because I mean, it, Florida fans, <laughs> there's no need to tell me your opinion on this. Please don't, I, I, <laughs> I, because I'm not saying an opinion. I'm saying a fact here. Um. Traits rule in the NFL. Production does not. Traits rule in the NFL. Traits haven't changed, and the feedback that we're getting has changed a little bit. Like, he's gone from, hey, this guy may be the possible number one overall pick, to there's not that, right? But depending on this last four games, he could easily work his way back into the top 15. Mm-hmm. Easily. And, again, there's somebody watching going, yeah, right, because of this. 
It's not my opinion. No, I had a draft guy on last night who said about Anthony Richardson, quote, I love him, but I don't love him as much as maybe I did a month ago. Right, and that's completely fair. Completely fair. So in the perfect world, yeah, you would like to come back and you would like to get another 12 games experience and you'd like to win some football games from where you grew up at and all that kind of stuff. But there's also in the back of your head that injury caveat, and there's a million people talk about, well, then you buy Lloyd's a London posse. Y'all, it's not, that's not as easy. Like, it's not exactly how it works. Right. So there's a lot that goes into this process that I don't think we will even get into until the week following Florida State. Mm -hmm. And, and look, I mean, if, if you're looking ahead at Florida, here's the bottom line. We talk about they don't have any backup quarterbacks right now, and that's why Anthony had to be careful when he's running the ball. Well, guess what? If Anthony Richardson leaves, you got to find a quarterback this offseason. Well, I think Jack Miller gets healthier. And, yeah, and but again, he's never taken a snap he's not, he's in college football. And they're going to hit the transfer portal, man, and they're going to hit it hard. Well, that's what I was going to say. The portal is going to be very active this year. For Florida or just in general? In general. Okay. Y'all, it is... The portal is taking over recruiting. Yeah. The portal is so much more fun to follow than what these 17-year-old boys are going to do. Um, and I, it's Florida's going to have a chance to add playmakers at positions they need playmakers in the portal. But the first one they got to go to if Anthony leaves is that quarterback. Yeah. Because they got to get a guy that when receivers hit the portal and O-linemen hit the portal, they go, I want to play with that guy. Mm-hmm. Right? Because there's not – once you get through this year, other than – Georgia, USC, a couple of places. I'm just saying Georgia Carson's gotten a good amount of time. There's not a lot of places that if you're a receiver, you go, oh, yeah, that's a dog there because those guys are leaving, right? CJ and Bryce and Will and – I mean, you can go on down the line of guys that will be gone this year. So you have to establish that quarterback position. And I think if if Anthony were, were choosing to leave, that Florida would be extremely active and extremely aggressive in the portal. Well, you just look at the talent on this Gator roster, and there is some. I mean, I don't want to disparage any of the guys that will be back in 2023, but even if you have a top 10 recruiting class, which I believe Billy Napier will have, you can't rely on 20 true freshmen no, coming in no. to close that talent gap. And by the way, it may be closer to 30. Okay, but all right, but you don't get the point. Yeah, yes. All these true freshmen, you're going to go out there, and I'm willing to bet, what, Denny, eight, ten, maybe a dozen guys, oh, they're going to go get out of the portal. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think it's interesting. I'm paying attention to that number. Um, I said maybe 30 because that's that's been the talk out of there, right? Is like they may oversign because it looks like they're trying to get rid of of some issues that are there. Yeah, I mean, Will Coxon just entered the transfer portal yesterday. Cox is gone. Right, so. right. So, I, I, you know, if they go sign 30, how much does that leave them? If they go sign 25, then I would expect a huge play uh, in the transfer portal. All right, so we'll get to, we'll get to the picks in a moment because this Saturday is unbelievable. Fantastic. It's yeah. absolutely unbelievable. Um, four games left. They need two to get to a bowl game. Do they get that? Yeah, 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 yeah. They get two. You think they get Vandy and? Oh, you think they win this week? Well, I mean, I think they get regardless of who it is. I think they they for. I think I would bet that they get two. Okay. I, I don't I don't know who the two are, but if you look at the four, and you just look at it and you go, okay, all four of these teams are semi even. Like they they should win two of those. They easily, should, right? They should. I mean, I would think that if as a Florida fan, I'm looking at this and going, if they can find a way to go three and one, then that's a good end to the season. 
Today's Gator Podcast is brought to you by Southeast Orthopedic Specialists, the Northeast Florida's leading orthopedic center, providing an unparalleled level of care across numerous locations in both Jacksonville and St. Augustine. That includes Riverside, Northside, the Southside, the Beaches, Fleming Island, and St. John's. All right, so this weekend starts at noon with the Gators. 3.30 is Armageddon in Athens, which you'll be there, right. which is awesome. Then you got 7 o'clock Alabama, LSU. You got Florida State, Miami. We're going to focus on those quickly, though, in the conference. Wait, Florida State, Miami, the same time as 730. LSU. Yeah. Yeah. So 30-minute difference. Yeah. Kentucky, Missouri do anything for you? I, I love Will what, Levis. I love watching Missouri's defense. Yeah. I love watching their defense. I, I, yeah, it does. I, 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 not enough that I'll watch it. But I'll probably go back and watch it next week because I want to see what Will does against that defense. That that defense has given good teams problems. Do you love Missouri's best defensive player being an ex-Gator? I don't care. Tyron good Hopper? for him. No, yeah. I mean, good for him. I, I I don't Agreed, but it hurts. Maybe that he wouldn't perform like that in Gainesville. Maybe it's a system thing. I'm telling you, man, what Missouri's doing defensively is good stuff. They get They get some more dudes in there, and they're going to be a problem. Hugh, you're from the state of Arkansas. Hugh Freeze goes in there this week. Their Auburn rumors are swirling around Hugh Freeze and Liberty. What do you think, Liberty and Arkansas? Uh, I don't think Liberty's not what they were last year and the year before, right? Like, no. I, I, but I they're don't... paying Hugh Freeze. They just, for whatever it's worth, they just signed to an extension. I'm not sure if that's going to matter if Auburn comes calling. Yeah, I, I don't think. Uh, I mean, I would expect Arkansas to win. The Arkansas needs to figure that. They, they, that's a team that needs to save a season that started out glorious. Yeah. Right, and I, I think they're fighting for some things right now. Hugh Freeze, man, I stay at Liberty. Don't take that Auburn job. Listen to me, dude. Don't don't do it because a year and a half from now they've proven you could be gone. I mean, it, it's insane. It's insane that people are firing coaches in a year and a half. That's pure craziness. And by the way, they tried to fire him at the end of the year. If I'm a coach and I'm looking at Auburn and I'm going, wait, you tried to fire that guy after one year? Hell no, I'm not going there. Zero chance. South Carolina, Vanderbilt. I guess South Carolina, you thought they were good, and then I don't know what happened against Missouri last week. So that's now totally up in the they're air. They're a young, me. they're a young team with a new coach, second year, right? I, I think what we're seeing is what is normal in that situation. We've seen it to a certain degree with Florida um this year. I, I think they're just trying to find themselves. So I think South Carolina is one of those teams that depending on the day you get them. Depends on who you're playing. Yeah. Like, they could be two completely different they teams. They could beat Kentucky or lose to Missouri. Right. Uh, you mentioned Auburn. They play Mississippi State. It'll be interesting to see how Auburn responds. Um, you're in kind of the inner workings of, of some coaching carousel rumors. Um, is Hugh Freeze probably the leader in the clubhouse for that? I mean, I mean, Lane Kiffin's been mentioned there. Yeah, Dion's been mentioned there. It's interesting because when you look at the guys that's being mentioned, it's not – I don't feel like it's the nor- normally we would hear Matt Campbell, right? Right. We would hear whoever's at Boise. We would hear things like that. It's almost like Auburn's staying away from that now intentionally, it's with the exception of Dion. But I can't imagine in what world right now would if you're Lane Kiffin would you go to Auburn? Like you, you've got Ole Miss being like a cool place to go, right? He's you've probably going to be in a New Year's Six bowl game again, right? You, I mean, you, you've got. A team that's learned your system and, you know, barely missing a beat after Matt Corral puts up crazy numbers last year. I can't imagine him leaving that. I really don't know about Hugh Freeze. The Dion thing, 
intrigues me, but is that the job he leaves Jackson State for? Well, the one thing, and again, you you know some of the inner workings at Auburn from the whole Joey Gatewood yeah. situation. Um, everybody you talk to about Auburn says, man, the boosters are it's a gigantic brutal. headache. It, it's brutal. It's a problem. Uh, I don't think Dion's going to want to deal with that. Dion's not going to deal with it. I don't think Hugh Freeze is going to want to deal with it. And, and Lane Kiffin certainly not going to want to deal with it. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, it's still a great job. It's still a job that's going to pay somebody six, seven million dollars a year. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, you're talking about guys who have other choices. And I, and I start. I think that that, and this worries me about Florida a little bit too, by the way. But I think that quick trigger syndrome that they've got at Auburn, because even Gus, Gus was rumored to be fired for like five straight years, yeah. every year, right? I think that's going to start to affect their coaching searches. And when I say it worries me about Florida, too, we're we're barely into the Napier tenure. And there's there's people always already saying this is a bad hire. Guys, like, you got to give guys chances or 10 years from now, you're going to be in that same boat where you're going to be the place that coaches don't really – you're not getting your first choice. And we've seen that in the coaching searches previous to this one. Right, agreed. But like we talked about, you know what's going to be the problem for a lot of these new guys? Is Josh Heupel. Josh Heupel goes to Knoxville, and in less than two calendar years, he's got him number one in the college football playoffs. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I I think you should see big improvement in year two. And I'm not talking about Billy. I'm talking about every coach. You should see big improvement, which they didn't see at Auburn. Uh, in fact, they, they went backwards at Auburn. But, yeah, Heupel's the outlier. But that year two, year three, year four, you should continue to see better. And I, and I I just think, me personally, when you hire a coach, then it should be at, at a minimum three years, probably four, before you even start to consider getting rid of him. That's fair. And again, I don't – well, I say it's fair for a rational human being, yeah. such as yourself. Some fan bases well, simply aren't rational. But there's so many moving parts with it. There's like when you get hired, there's so many moving parts. It's not like they just drop you in Gainesville or Auburn or wherever it is and go, okay, have fun. Yeah. Right. It, it's like there's this is a major corporation that you're the CEO of. And every time you make that change, you change everything. Right, and you literally start back over at the college game. Well, the Brian Harson thing seemed weird from the get-go. It did. You go get a guy from Boise State who had no connections down here. It did. It was very Jim McElwainish. Yeah, very Jim McElwainish. Yeah. All right, so there's four huge games. Let's go rapid fire here. Alabama, LSU. I know Ole Miss is still in play, certainly, but this is almost a de facto SEC West championship game. Yeah, man, I mean, you got to tip your cap to Brian Kelly. You do. Agreed. I, he has turned I'm not a fan, around. but you do. Yeah, he, he it's it's a night game in Death Valley, so that always plays Alabama. We've seen this Alabama before where they lose in the in in the regular season and like half of America forgets about them for a little while and then you look up and all of a sudden, damn, they won the SEC again. Right, so we've seen this story play out. I expect it to play out the same way. I think Alabama wins this game. Yeah, I would expect Alabama to win. The fact that it's in Baton Rouge, I'm going to watch it. There's no doubt about yeah. it. If it's in Tuscaloosa, I think Alabama will win by three touchdowns. But I think LSU has a fighting chance because it's at home. All right, let's go to Florida State, Miami. To me, this is a huge game for Mike Norvell. He's in year three. It needs to look like it. Year three for Norvell and his staff versus year one for Cristobal and his staff. Much bigger game for me, Denny, for Florida State than it is Miami. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I, it's it's The weird thing about this rivalry is the game 
is always so different in Miami. This isn't a shot at Miami. It's the only time that stadium's full. And so there's like a whole new energy, and Miami feeds off of that. If I'm a Miami fan, like I'd be like, hey, how do we create this every week? So I give them a, I give them a puncher's chance. Build an on-campus stadium what? that holds 50,000 people? Right. No, of course. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. – but I think that Norvell and, and Florida State understands what they've got a chance to finish this season like. And they understand that if they finish this season the way they should and win the games they're favored to win and Jordan decides – Jordan Travis decides to come back, y'all, they are a preseason top 10 team next year. Top 10. Absolutely. If they finish the year on a win streak. Well, Jordan Travis is going to come back. Where's he going to go? To the if, National Football League? If if they – bro, he's the second highest rated passer in college football. Yeah, he is. He is. Fact. <laughs> yeah, okay. A- absolute fact. I'm not saying he wouldn't be drafted. Well, if, but he, if he declared, what like what what would he – what round? Fifth round? Right, that's kind of what I'm fifth saying. Round, why, I, would, why would you do that? Again, I'm just – I didn't say he is. I'm just saying yeah, if. Yeah, okay, all right. I'm just enough. leaving that out there. I, I genuinely didn't know. I was yeah, curious. so it, it's – I think it's one of those things where, like, if you're Florida State and you're Mike Norvell and you're that staff and you're the AD and you're everybody in the school – and you you could have told them before the beginning of the year, hey, you're going to end this year on a win streak that may put you in the top 10 preseason next year. Like, that is a massive win. Yeah, and I, what I love about next year, too, because both teams will have footing, Florida State LSU play again in Orlando yeah. next year, which yeah. is going to be awesome. All right, I like Florida State, too, by the way. Um, and I think, it, like I said, Norvell in year three, you need to show your two years ahead of Chris You need to dominate this game. From the staff, from the recruiting, all that. All right. Whew. Boy, Tennessee goes to Georgia. You're going to be there. Everybody's picking Georgia to win this game. At least everybody that I know. Boy, I'm leaning. I'm leaning orange, man. Because I'll tell you what. I'll tell you the game it was. Alabama was was a huge game, but it was before that. When they went to LSU and they beat them to death in Baton Rouge, that's a good LSU team. It was 40 to like 13, and it didn't even look like it was that close. And I'm thinking, the heck is Josh Heupel got going on? Everybody talks about Alabama, but that LSU game really opened my eyes. Kentucky opened my eyes. Kentucky opened my eyes more than any. They did not. Yeah. Kentucky did not look like they belonged on the field last week with Tennessee. Yeah. I just – there's something about Tennessee, man. They're getting that 2019 LSU I was going to say the same thing. It, it, it feels very – because you kept waiting for that LSU team to have a hiccup. Yeah. And it never came. The one thing that LSU team didn't have to do in the regular season is go play a team with 20 NFL players on it in Georgia. I'm still picking Georgia. This time last year, I would have said Georgia easily. But when I saw what Tennessee did to a very similar defense in Kentucky, and it made it look simple. Now, it took them a couple series to fill it out. But, man, once they got going, there was nothing Kentucky could do. Mm -hmm. Um, I now think that Georgia is going to have to put up 35 in this game to win, but I think Georgia can. Well, but here's the thing, though. All right. And I, I, this Georgia team is obviously very good. Their best win of the year was Oregon in week one, but that was a different Oregon team than the one we have right now. Other than Oregon, Georgia's wins have come against Auburn, Florida. Look at Tennessee. They've beaten Pitt, Florida, Alabama, LSU, Kentucky. I mean, they have had the almost unbelievable schedule to this point. And they've beat them all. Yeah. And usually it's been in convincing fashion. No, I'm with you. I'm I'm leaning on who I think has the better players. That that's really because defensively I, I can kind of see what, what Georgia is going to want to do in this. And 
and I think they can. It's what everybody wants to do is the fact that they can't do it because you can't substitute against that hurry up and all that kind of stuff. But I feel like Georgia can. I feel like Georgia's 11 that they put out there is going to be significantly better than Tennessee's 11. And when it's a close game, I'm always going to go to the team that has more dudes. And there's no team in the country right now with more dudes than what Georgia has. Real quick, this scenario. Tennessee loses by a field goal. Georgia wins 24-21. Oh, are we going to three SEC players? I'm just asking. Just asking. Tennessee loses 24-21, then wins out. Georgia goes to the SEC championship game. Alabama beats them. Three SEC teams with one loss. They've all beaten each other. How yeah. would that get separated? I, I don't know. I, I mean, I... Because when Alabama would have beaten Georgia, Georgia would have beaten Tennessee, yeah, Tennessee I, I, would have I, beaten Alabama. Yeah, I got you. I, I just, at the end of the day, I don't care the conference affiliation. I'm just curious what would happen. The question is, who are the four best teams? Yeah. And, and right now... I don't think those are three of the four best teams in the country. Uh, well, I'm not saying all three would go, but but, but I, if no, only one went, who would go if they all beat well, each other? Well, whoever wins the SEC championship. So you think Alabama would go even though Tennessee beat them head-to-head? Yeah, I mean, head? there's, there's going to be two for sure. I, I think there's no doubt about that. Like, I mean, it, especially if especially if Georgia wins and then there's a tight game in the SEC championship. Like, there's going to be two. Um, but I, you, you got to see what Ohio State and Michigan is going to look like. Yeah. Because you could also make the argument on their side of what if one of them wins that game by a field goal? Well, you got Clemson and the ACC, and then I guess the only other team would be TCU. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think it's as big of a clump, but that's still, by the time you look at it, that's what, five, six, six teams? Yeah. Um, possibly seven teams. So it's, I don't give a crap. Give me the best games. I don't want to see a 39 nothing first round game. I want to see two games that I'm excited to watch, and that actually hasn't happened in a while. I say that, but I'm a huge proponent of the expanded playoff, mm-hmm. and I know that's going to give us more blowouts, but I just like football. I just want more football. The only other team I could even see having a chance at this point is if Ole Miss wins out, because that means they beat Alabama, win the West, and then would win the SEC championship game, and then you would have an Ole Miss situation there as well. I don't think that's going to happen. I'm just throwing well, it that's out not, there. I mean, but it's not crazy. It's not crazy. No. no it's, it's not, not crazy. crazy at all. I forgot they've only got one loss. All right, and then finally, uh, obviously, Florida, Texas A&M. The day starts at high noon. You've already said you like the Gators. I like A&M. Uh, really quick, though, why do you like Florida? I don't know. Nice. Yeah. Good enough. Not, I, there you go. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to y'all. I never lie to y'all. I don't know. It's just one of I those like, things. I like A&M in a complete ass whooping. Yeah, I think A&M is going to get four to the It's beating. a woodshed yeah. game. I, I mean, and that, I don't know if I'd go woodshed, but I'll go A&M by 17. Wait, hold on. I'm I'm a reasoning person. Reason with me on why. why I, what, what leads you – hold on. I'm going to stay on the woodshed comment because what leads you to believe – that Texas A&M is going to beat the talk because when you say woodshed, I'm thinking like four or five touchdowns. What what have they shown that would lead you to believe that they're going to do that? It's less about what A&M has shown and more about what Florida has well, not shown. But well, I I think Florida right now has virtually no ability to stop anybody at all, and I think if you stall out offensively for like three or four drives in a row the game snowballs and gets away from you because you're not making any stops so, to counter that out. That's super interesting because I actually think the opposite. I mean, I, you're exactly right on all that. But I actually think having a week's film on this kid, um, him playing a second start, like gives Florida's defense that chance. I actually think that. And I, and I, I don't know, man. I just get the sense that – I just – I get – if you're Anthony right now, this is a free roll. 
Because you're you're not like if you're looking at it any way you want to look at it, draft status or what the public opinion of you like it can't get any worse. Like it really can't. So now go out, play your game, have some fun in the last four, see what happens. Yeah, to me, my analysis is not gonna be near as in depth as Graham is. I don't think Ford is very good. Yeah, I, I agree. So, I, I don't think I don't think they're, they're very good. good. You go into Kyle Kyle Field, you're on the road, and A and M really, really, really needs a win. And I just combine. And I don't think A and M is very good either. That's why I'm saying because the game's on the road. I'm picking A and M. I do think the Brenton Cox situation is interesting. Keon Zipper's out. Justin Shorter may not play. So a very, very average to below average team is going to be without three of arguably their top ten to fifteen guys already. That just does not look good to me. I feel like I always ask myself this question: If we were doing this podcast in College Station. And so we knew everything about that team, but nothing about the team. Because let's be honest, we don't know everything about Texas A&M. Agreed. Right? What are they saying? And I think if, if, if I'm in College Station right now, I'm saying our season is a disaster. We yeah, absolutely stink. And Florida's beating Utah. And you know what I mean? Like, they're I would not say critiquing. Anthony Richardson's going to hurdle six people. Right. And, like, they're not yeah, critiquing every fair. little thing that we do. Yeah. And so I think there's a, a little bit of, and we're all guilty of this, we get on here and we talk about another team, but we don't really know that team. No, but but I mean, again, you'll get Florida's four wins. USF missed a field goal. They beat Missouri by seven. And Amari Burney had my a point. pick. But that's my point. Yeah. We know every detail about Florida's defense. I have no idea how Texas A&M's wins came about. I don't about. know about Do that you? one corner that always gets cooked. Or well, you, I mean, yeah, I see, I see what you're saying. Tell but, me but, how Texas A&M it. has I won. It. I just don't know. I know I'm not a, saying y'all are wrong. I know A&M went into Tuscaloosa on a Saturday night and was at the two-yard line as time expired. And I don't think Florida would have been in that situation. I know a Florida team that needed a two-point conversion to time last year and ended up with six losses. Well, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> but, hey, hey, you know what? That's the beauty. Somebody's going to be right, and somebody's going to be wrong. I don't even care in this one. I'm just simply making a point of, like, I, when you ask me and I say, I don't know why I think they're going to win, Yeah, that's just as honest as I can be. I, maybe because I know Florida better than I know Texas A&M, which is probably the reason why y'all are picking against them. Right. You know what I mean? I just yeah. don't think Florida's very good. But anyway, you got high noon for the Gators, 3.30, the game you're going to be at, Georgia-Tennessee, 7 o'clock, Alabama-LSU, 7.30, Florida State-Miami. What a Saturday it's going to be. Denny, safe travels, man. Have fun in Athens. Yeah, man. Y'all make your trips to the liquor store today and tomorrow. Don't wait till Saturday. Right. Because you're not going to want to leave the house. There's no doubt about it. He is Denny Thompson. That is Graham Marsh. I'm the hacker Ryan Green. Thank you for watching and listening to Gator Bites on 1010XL.com and on the Florida Gator 1010XL Facebook page.